Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to everyone. We're coming to you today. This is Pastor Curtis Graves Sr. We're coming to you from Spiritual Awakening Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. For all those on social media who have joined us this morning, we welcome you. We thank you for getting prepared for this podcast or whatever you have in reference to social media to listen to us today. And we thank you for your time to listen to a little bit of word from from Jesus Christ and what he has for us today. And i just like to pray this prayer this morning to prepare everyone's heart for our service today. Father, we thank you for all that you do day in and day out in our lives. Father, we thank you for blessing us abundantly above more than we can think, ask, or even imagine, Father. And Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us, Father, that we may receive salvation, Father. We may receive eternal life. And we thank you for all your blessings that you have bestowed upon us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Today I've got a wonderful, I think a pretty good message for those who are married, are thinking about marriage, or have contemplated marriage, or are totally involved in marriage. <laughs> My topic today is marriage, mission impossible. And I'm going to go right off the bat with this Mission Impossible to give you a meaning behind the title. And the meaning behind the title, if you can go back with me, because I'm old school, and there was a program that came out about, about 1966. And this program was called Mission Impossible. Now, the thing about this uh, program was... Uh, they had a small team of government agents called IMF. And this government agency who had, that had these, these uh, particular people in the IMF, and IMF stands for Impossible Missions Force. And what they did, this IMF team, would, they would go out and they would get all kind of missions. They would get all kind of missions with no way of trying to, or shall I say they had no way of trying to accomplish the mission. That's why they called it Mission Impossible. But this IMF group would go out and they would actually take the mission and right before it came time to decide whether you wanted to take it or not, the message that was given to them, it would explode and say, well, if you decide to take it or not, you make a decision. But this message will explode in five seconds. And they would get the message, and after they got it, they could make a decision on where I'm going to take We're going to take it, guys, even though the, the, the deck is stacked against us, and we can do this. So these special people would go out and do an impossible mission. And they had different types of things, uh, specialties. Each one of them had special identities, like one may have been a special electrician or a special camouflage agent or a special explosives agent. All of them had special tasks in their, in, their, in their possible mission. And they would do the mission without fail. So they had no anticipation of failing the mission when they got into it. 
And what would happen in this mission is that they would take the operative to go out and do this particular thing and when it was all done and it was successful, nobody knew they had done it because they were all secret agents or they were IMF, impossible, they were part of the impossible mission force. And if you're wondering where the correlation is between mission impossible and marriage is that the marriage today that we have or that we've seen, not the old school marriage, like cause I've been married for over 35, 38 years and I have brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and they've been married over 40 some odd years. So those marriages were solid foundation. But the marriages today can actually be considered almost mission impossible. And like I said, the differentiation between mission impossible the movie or the series that they had was they always completed their mission. They always had a way of completing their mission. And they had special people to do special jobs to make sure that the mission was completed. And like I said, the differentiation between the IMF force and our marriages today is that our marriages are almost impossible to stay together. They, It's like they can't bond and find the a way to keep their marriage foundationally strong. And that's where we fail. But there's something about this that you have to understand about Mission Impossible and the marriage today. We want to try, I want to try to tell you today how we can make the Mission Impossible mission possible. And we, if we follow God's precepts and how this thing turns out, and if you follow God's precepts on how this thing turns out, you can make your marriage mission possible. Now understand, there are other relationships that you have going into a marriage or starting a, uh, a relationship and engagement, but all that has to be kind of teetered to the side. You have to push all that aside and focus on one thing when you're involved with a woman or a woman is involved with a man in reference to beginning the engagement or the starting of this possible marriage. And I want to give you some actual bylaws to live by in the Word of God to where you can make the marriage mission possible. The good thing about all this is, is that we can't lose heart when we go through some tough times because God still has another answer to resolve all these impossible marriages. Even if you're in a marriage today, right now, if you're involved in a marital relationship with your spouse and you're having problems, you can still go to the Word of God and get the answer that you need to make the marriage mission possible. And since God has the final word, let's see what he has to say in his word about us husbands and how we can make this mission possible. Let's start off with the men and what God says about how we're supposed to treat our wives. Now what we're going to do, we're going to open this scripture up, this wonderful word that God gave us. We're going to open this scripture up and we're going to go to Ephesians 5 and 25. Just pull that out on your, on your on the word and let me, let me give you some information about what God says about what he wants the men to do, what role he wants the men to play in the relationship to make the marriage mission possible. 
So in the word of God in Ephesians 5 and 25, we scan over there and it says, Husbands, love your wives. And he says, Loves your, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now when Christ gave himself for the church, he is referencing everything that we do inside that body. Inside that body that we call our church body. We are the church body. And in that same reference, he is telling the husband that's the exact way that he should love his wife. He goes on to say that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Now, this is so important, people, because you have to understand something. If you love your wife and he says, understand this, when he says that you might sanctify and cleanse her. Now, when she's accepted Christ already, she's already clean. She's already she's she's set up for you. He gave her to you in such a way that after she's got cleansed and she's all straightened out, she's ready to go, then you have a task to do in the process of sanctifying her to keep that going the way it's supposed to go, the way Christ intended for it to go. He says that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of self-centeredness going on in this world. And when he says he who loves his wife also loves himself, what man has ever walked around that you know of unless he's in a state of depression or a state of downtrodden that doesn't love himself. Every man that I know, he loves himself so much he's not going to take his life. He's going to love his own flesh. He loves himself enough to where he's going to care for himself, keep himself groomed, keep himself clean. So he says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So you can take that word of scripture right there and that'll last a lifetime. Because if you love yourself as much as you love yourself, that's how much more you should love your wife. How much more can you care for someone when every day that you wake up, you've got someone next to you that is willing to do anything and everything for you to make you happy. She makes your breakfast. She makes you, she makes everything good in life. She keeps you happy. This relationship that we have with our wives, and men understand this, because it's, it's, it's another chapter to this, because wives have something to do too. But I'm on the men right now. If we can walk around well-groomed, smelling good, putting on our cologne, and we want to do the best we can to make ourselves look presentable for our wives, because basically they do so much for us day in and day out. The small things that we don't look at sometimes, the little bitty things that we 
Sometimes we overlook. We pass it by. When in essence, God wants us to look at every portion of what your wife does for you day in and day out. When you go on a trip, when you go on vacation, when you're making decisions, the little, the little things that she says to help you with this walk are the things that mean so much. When those things we leave out as men and forget, you've got to help me there coming to give you that information that you forgot about or that information that filled in that blank that you left open. You've got someone there that is holding you up, standing beside you, doing all the things that she can to complete you as a man. And see, we think that we're complete by ourselves, but we're not. We are incomplete. That's the reason why God gave us our helpmate. That's the reason why he knew that Adam could not do it alone. He needed a helpmate. He needed someone else. So if you go all the way back to Genesis, in the beginning where God started everything to rolling, for those seven days he was creating all these heavens and earth and everything else, he didn't forget the fact that as Adam walked through that garden in the dew of the day, and he had nobody there but them animals and them plants, and he might have been eating the fat of the land, but he didn't have a help me. And God loved us so much, he said, I don't want to see man alone. I want to see man with somebody to help him, to make him complete. And he made it so unique that he took the rib from Adam. He took a part of Adam himself to give you someone else to make you complete. And that's the reason why we as men, we have to hold our level so high for our spouses that they have no worry, no care, no concern. We keep them secure and then they can continue to fulfill their task in helping us be the best man that we can, the best husband that we can, the best father that we can. And in all those things that a woman does, a wife does, a spouse does, a helpmeet does, it makes the man more complete. Day in and day out, we overlook things that transpire in our lives and I believe me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm singing to the choir, I'm singing to myself, because I would forget things that my spouse or my wife would have done that I have to go back and retract and remember it. And then after I remember it, I have to say, hey, Lord, I, I repent because she really pulled me out of this situation. She really got me where I need to be. And in those situations, I have to say, thank you, Lord, because you gave me the help me that's not only going to make me a better man, but makes me stronger, makes me confident, supports me. And I know at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, God has given me everything I've needed in a wife, in a woman, in a companion, in everything that I have to have as a help me for me. So when God tells us, so husbands, you ought to love your own wives as you love your own body. I love my body. I mean, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to try to stay a little bit in shape. I want to keep breathing, keep doing the things that I'm doing. I want to live this long, long, satisfied life that's been promised to me. And one way to do that is to love your wife like you love yourself. 
God goes on to tell us that for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. And I tell you what, one thing we all should know is how much Christ loves the church. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a, a entity of bricks and mortar and chairs and pews. I'm talking about people. People make the church. People that are internally inside that church, they make the church. And Christ loves us so much, he wants everyone, not just the people inside that church, but he wants everyone to know how much he loves them, how much he cares for them. And what transpired when he died for us, when he, he was put on the cross for us, that we may receive something. Our end result is a promise that cannot be broken. Now I'm going to skip on over to I'm going to skip on over here right quick to Peter because Peter gives us uh, something else that we want to look at in reference to these husbands doing the things that we need to do. So if you don't mind, if you can scan on over for me to 1 Peter 3 and 1, 9, 3, excuse me, 1 Peter 3 in the first verse of that, of that scripture. Hold on one second, I'm going to scan over here right quick for you. And they'll continue on to tell you about what us husbands are supposed to be doing. How we supposed to be acting. So in 1 Peter 3 and 1 it tells us, he talks about the wives. But I'm going to skip that for just a minute because I'm talking about these husbands. I want to get these husbands squared away. And in, in verse 7 it says, husbands likewise dwell with them I'm excuse me, dwell with them with understanding giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life and this is the kicker y'all you, you got you got to hear this in first Peter 3 and 7 this is this is what this says it says at the end of that it says that your prayers may not be hindered now, now hold on to that a second. I got something to give you on that. It says, husband, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel as be, and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, when I say this and your prayers may not be hindered, if you're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing, if you're not treating your wife with the utmost respect, if you're not taking care, securing her, and doing the things that you should be doing, I promise you, you can continue to pray till the cows come home, and your prayers will be hindered. If you're not honoring her and doing the things that the word says, when we miss a word or a particular portion of the word and use it for our own self-gratification and we're not following it thoroughly, our prayers can be hindered. So men, if you're praying for something, or if you're looking for something, and you're not treating that help me properly, don't anticipate that God can answer your prayers. Don't anticipate that he can hear you when you can only hear yourself. <laughs> you can only hear yourself, but you're not taking good care of the help me that he gave you. <laughs> 